Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Charlotte Harvey Butler about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion and the Whitehall Room at the Grand Floridian Resort. I thought you guys would be interested to hear about how she planned this day from her home in the UK and how everything turned out. So welcome, Charlotte. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to know how you and your husband decided that you wanted to have your wedding all the way over in Florida at Walt Disney World. Well, so it goes back a little way. So I've only been to Disney World before this year and the last year twice once when I was seven and again when I was 16 and when I was 16 um, we were leaving Magic Kingdom to go back to the car park and we were on the boat and as we went by on the boat Pocahontas was playing and I was getting all emotional and then I saw this little chapel over by the Grand Floridian and I'd never been to the hotel area so I didn't know what it was at all and I just pointed at it and went I'm gonna get married there and that was kind of it (laughs) so and then didn't actually realize you could get married there until about three years later when I actually looked it up. And then I was like, oh, no, you can get married there. So that's where I'm getting married. So that's when I told all my family, all my friends, one day I'm going to get married there. So you've all got to start saving. And then when I met David, thankfully, um, he agreed, but he didn't really realize what he was agreeing to. I think three, he found out three months into our relationship that that's where I wanted to get married and didn't quite take it seriously. <laughs> and then and then after time went on, he finally realized, oh, no, she's serious. She wants to get married in Walt Disney World. So I made sure to tell all of his friends, too, to start saving because that will happen one day. And then, yeah, so then when we got engaged, I said, seriously, that's where I want to get married. So we need to start looking it up. And um, so I started doing all the Disney research. David started looking at venues in the UK because he thought Disney would be extortionately priced. Um, but, but it turns out we live in a very expensive part of the UK. And so the weddings were actually turning out a lot more expensive, plus our guest list would be double. So I was sort of getting away with it. But all that mattered to David is that his sort of family and friends could make it. So once we knew that they all could, we put the feelers out um, just after we got engaged saying, look, do you think you guys could make it to Florida? They all said yes. So that's when we started planning. That is amazing. And I have to do a quick sidebar and jump ahead and ask, did you play the Pocahontas song at your wedding? I didn't. I didn't. I should have. <laughs> I definitely should have because it's one of my favorite Disney songs. So. <laughs> I couldn't sneak her in anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it sounds like everybody was pretty prepared to go to Florida for your wedding. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So we invited around 70, knowing some were going to be immediate no's, but we wanted them to know we wanted them. Um, And then we ended up with 54, um, not including us, but seven of our guests were meant to come. So we would have been about 60-something, but unfortunately quite late on they weren't able to join us even though they'd booked the whole trip so it was 
quite upsetting. But um, we had a party back home. So thankfully, they were able to come to that instead. Oh, that's great. And still a pretty high turnout for coming all the way over from the UK. Yeah, and they were all bar one from the UK. One who is English, but lives in Arizona now is my cousin. But yeah, everyone from the UK. Wow. Now, how did you guys decide where you wanted to have the reception? So it sounds like the wedding pavilion was a foregone conclusion, but how did you decide, hey, let's do Whitehall? Originally, because of, I guess, mass media, Instagram and Facebook and everything, I really wanted Italy Isola. I had this vision of sort of putting lights everywhere and making it look like really beautiful. But once I started speaking to our coordinator, she told me that you couldn't have any music until after the park had closed. So about 1030 at night. I love dancing. Like I don't have it in any, I've never done it, but I absolutely love it. At every wedding, I'm there till the end. So I thought I can't just have park music until half 10. It wasn't going to work. So then we... We're trying to find somewhere else. And I, ha- I really wanted it outside because you can't have a reception outside in the UK because it's just going to rain. So we really wanted somewhere. I mean, it could rain in Florida any minute, but it was more likely to be able to have outside. So we definitely wanted something outside. So then we looked at a few other places. We looked at Coronado Springs. I think it's called the Casa... Oh, I cannot pronounce this. Oh, yeah, the Casitas Courtyard. Yeah, so it was a venue I'd never seen, and Michelle thought of it because it already had the festoon lights right. already there. She goes, so you wouldn't have to pay for them. They're already there. It was beautiful. But the only problem was there was zero. So like with Italy and here, neither of them had any shade. So I was a little bit worried because I'm probably the palest person. So it was um, going to be slightly tricky. And also, we had another place, which I think I spoke to you about actually before on Facebook, which was um, the boatyard area near where the little wedding gazebo is by the yacht club, that area as well. Right. Also in the blazing sun. <laughs> yeah, also in the blazing sun. So this is the thing. So our coordinator took us to all these places and we saw they were all in the blazing sun at the right time that we would be getting married. And we just thought, oh, this isn't going to work. And there's people staring everywhere. Like every single one of them had a lot of traffic with people. So then she took us to Whitehall and Patio outside, had the monorails, really Disney. It's got the castle, but it also had the inside bit for aircon and shade. So it worked out being the perfect one for us. And David loved that you could walk from the pavilion there. So we didn't have to worry about transport or our guests worrying where they were going. So it just seemed to work really well. That's fantastic. Now, did you guys have a theme or colors for your event? So didn't really have a theme other than sort of little Disney touches. So we definitely wanted like a romantic, elegant wedding at Disney rather than a sort of screaming Disney wedding. Because not like I love Disney and a few of my friends and family do, but not a lot of our guests did or people hadn't been there before. So I didn't want it to scream Disney. So our colours were kind of blue and green. And then we sort of incorporated them where we could with Disney. So, and we had touches of rose gold as well. So like our cake was blue and green. And then we had some balloons, so sort of a little nod to up, because that was the first Disney film I made David watch. And he actually did cry a little bit. So <laughs> so we had some balloons on the back of our chair in blue and green. We had little touches like our wedding rings both have a little Mickey engraved inside them to sort of show where we got married, which I thought was really sweet. My father is actually half Scottish so I had some tartan on my bouquet 
and in his pocket square. And that is also ironically blue and green. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't like a big theme, but we definitely had the colours everywhere. And our bridesmaids were also in two different colours in blue and green as well. So which I think is quite unusual. And everyone seemed to like it at the hotel. So that was really nice. (laughs) Now, you mentioned that dancing was important. What kind of entertainment did you have at the reception? At the reception, we had DJ Charles Miles. I'd heard so many good things about him, especially on your podcast. All the brides were like, he's the best. So inquired about him very early on, and we're lucky enough to have him. And then we had um, a caricature artist. He was actually outside of Disney called Raphael, and he was brilliant. He, I didn't want to sort of waste money on favours that no one was going to take home. So I thought he could be the favour, so all the drawings people would get, they could take home, and loads of people have already hung them up, which was really nice. And then we also kind of had the fireworks, but that didn't go that great. But um, we could see them. So that kind of was a bit of entertainment as well. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors from your reception that you can recommend? We loved all our food. So this is another thing that you might say went a little bit wrong, which is later in the show. But um, because, as I said, I'm so fair skinned. Um, I feel the heat really bad and can pass out quite easily. Mm. So unfortunately, because we were sitting outside, even though the shade had come and it was much cooler and I hadn't been in the heat much, I suddenly felt very hot. So I had to go inside and eat, but I couldn't eat very much because I felt so ill, which isn't brilliant. But um, I did manage to, because of my biggest thing, and I literally had not eaten mac and cheese for about three months in preparation because we were having a mac and cheese bar. Um, and I know not eating for that for a long time, just so it was extra special. But, um, and then we had, so we had that and I did manage to eat some because we had the most amazing catering staff where I think we got introduced to them. I had about four people around me and making sure I was eating, drinking, happy, like they were brilliant with us. And yeah, they were keeping me in check and bringing me bits of, so we had fried chicken, which was really nice. We had the mac and cheese bar, which was really nice. And we had these two salads, which I'd picked the day before because we ate in the Grand Floridian. And my planner said, oh, the chef isn't sure about the salads. And I just took a picture of the menu and sent it to her. And they were our salads. And I, people were raving about them. And I thought, it's a salad. But it was one of them was the heirloom apple salad, which I think had like pancetta, apple, cheese, and all that sort of thing in it. And then a make-your-own cob salad. But the best things were the cocktail hour. We had green apple quesadillas and these um, chicken and waffle like balls, which were really lovely. And in the evening, everyone loved the cheeseburger spring rolls and absolutely loved the Cuban sandwiches. We'd like ask for these mini Cuban sandwiches and people absolutely loved them. So the food went down really well. That's fantastic. Any cake flavors you'd recommend? Yeah, so cake, I, I love baking. So cake was a big thing for me. And we were really lucky that um, we got to go out a year before, basically, so David could see where he was getting married because he had never been. So we uh, Michelle did us a cake tasting, which was really, really kind because we were over the year out. And so our cake flavours from that were, so we had carrot cake with amaretto icing and cinnamon cake with cookies and cream. So I asked to try the churro cake And that was the cinnamon cake. And then we put it with um, cookies and cream. But later on in the planning process, I said, oh, I'd really love it if David and I could get a mini cake, a churro cake with the churro filling. 
and um it was getting later and later and later with the chef coming back and I said oh look don't worry about it like it'll probably be too expensive anyway don't worry and then they gifted it to us as a surprise wow so we got a mini and it wasn't mini it was enormous it fed 25 <laughs> of us the next day so and it was beautiful and it tasted so good so I recommend all of our cake flavors they were so good and every the carrot cake went instantly and we had some cinnamon one left over and oh loved it really really good that's wonderful did you add a dessert party or any other kind of events around your day? So we didn't have a dessert party. It wasn't in the budget, unfortunately, but we sort of did. So our guests, most of our guests came out for a week or just over. So in all the days around, we made sure we spent lots of time with each of them. But on the Monday before our wedding, which was on a Wednesday, we did a kind of stag and hen at Epcot where the girls all went one way and the boys went one way. And then we met up in the middle and watched illuminations. And it was, it was really, really good fun actually. And everyone was really kind and yeah, we had a really good fun, really good fun. That's great. Now you mentioned that you got to come out for a planning session. How did you find the planning process from the UK with the time difference and everything? So yeah, we got to go out a year before, but we were just too far out to actually do a planning session, which is why we only got the cakes and the site visit, but found it really, really helpful seeing because I was so convinced about like the boardwalk area or Italy that as soon as we saw it, it really changed our mind. So it was lovely to see it on person. I really recommend people either can do that or at least watch videos of what things are. But actually, I loved the planning process. I mean, it's been my dream for so long that I, I soaked in every second of it. Our, our planner, Pamela, was amazing. Even when she went on maternity leave and came back, like it was like nothing had happened. And the emails, yes, they probably took a little bit longer than I would have liked. But when you're so, like, I was, <laughs> poor Michelle, when I went to our site visit and she was just our coordinator, she printed out all my emails and they were about an inch and a half thick. So <laughs> <laughs> they did incredible with me because I was question, 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 because I've been a PA for a very long time. And so I'm very into planning, making sure every detail is set. So they were brilliant with me and answered every single question. And yeah, I think I think I only spoke to Pamela once on the phone and all the rest was via email. But we just sort of did a um, list like one one to whatever points and then she would answer in pink. And then slowly that list would get smaller and smaller. And it just worked really well for both of us. That's great to hear. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how your day ran? Sure. So little tip, we actually, I actually bought a travel steamer from the UK to save a little bit of money. And we steamed my wedding dresses and bridesmaids dresses the night before so that they wouldn't interfere with sort of hair and makeup. We woke up at quarter past six, sort of got ready, tidied the room to make sure it was nice for when the, everyone arrived. And fairy tale hair and makeup, Stacey, Jen, and Lisa, who were amazing, especially at that time in the morning, turned up at about seven. I had three of my bridesmaids stay with me in the Grand Floridian Villas. We were really lucky enough to get DVC points for two nights. So they were with me the night before. And I had my other three bridesmaids and the two mums turn up a little bit later. Um, and then the Roots arrived at 11.30. I think Trinity were a little bit after that. Trinity, our video. And then I think I got dressed and then we were ready to leave about one. Uh, meanwhile, I think David got ready in um, our villa off property. And I think he got to the Grand Floridian about 12, 15 tough photos. And then I had a first look with my dad and then went over to the Grand Floridian for photos afterwards. Our wedding was between 2.30 and 3. And then we did some group photos, a petal toss. And then David and I had some photos 
And then we went over and had a cocktail hour between 3.30 and 4.30, which we made sort of the end of. We did a few speeches before, then had some dinner, then had more speeches, cake cutting. Um, I changed into my second dress, which was a complete surprise to everyone. I had not told anyone for a whole year except my mum and sister. And then I told my bridesmaids the night before. So that was a really big surprise. And I got dressed specifically for our first dance because we had a choreographed first dance. And then it was the fireworks around nine and then we finished at 11. That's awesome. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? For me, photography and then video were the absolute biggest thing because like for my friends that have got married here, they can go back to their venue and have a nice dinner or look around, but I'm not going to get to do that very often. So making those memories and having that footage will just be so special to me forever. So that we were really, I, I was adamant that I was spending the money to get the people I wanted. And the routes were the absolute first thing I'd booked. I think I booked them a year and a half in advance, even before I knew my date or anything, because I had to have them. And then um, probably with that, the park photos were a big thing, because I just think that is so Disney. And to everyone in the UK, if you have photos in the park and they see you in your wedding dress in the Magic Kingdom, they're just like, wow, and that's crazy. You know, <laughs> that's just insane. Um, so that sort of, that was really special. And then after that, food, because we just love our food. Another reason I was gutted, I couldn't eat much of it. But David loved it. The guests loved it. And then just making it really special for them, like all the people that were coming. So we had, I just thought, oh, you guys love us way too much to travel all this way. We want to make it really special for you, but still feel like a British wedding, which is why the wedding was at 2.30 and ended at 11, because that's a sort of normal British time. So we wanted to make sure they still had that. So it wasn't like totally unusual. It was just in a very special place. That's interesting. Now, I have noticed that, that you guys have longer weddings. Was there anything else you did to make it feel more British? Possibly the way we did sort of the speeches and everything. So I spoke, David spoke, my dad spoke, and then my maid of honor, my sister and um, his best friend spoke. That's sort of very British and they go on for a little bit, but they sort of mean a lot to us. Um, probably just the setup with everything is just, I mean, probably not too dissimilar to America. I think just the timeline is just very, very British, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that traditionally British wedding cake is fruitcake or something. Yes, although I think um, my era is changing that because fruitcake is not much fun no. and should really only eat at Christmas. So not many people have done that. <laughs> so then which aspects were less important where you saved money or effort? So probably saved uh, money on floral. We never... Like I think I knew from listening to your podcast and other brides saying they did the blue sky thinking, go crazy with your floral and it comes back your whole wedding budget. So I didn't do that. I made sure I only sort of picked the things that I knew I really wanted and a few extras. So our um, floral bu budget wasn't mad at all. The only thing that I we splurged on was lanterns. But I'll come to that later on things that go wrong. But um, yeah, so, yeah. So the only disappointment sort of with the floral, even though I sort of cut it down, I saved money by sort of using the bridesmaids bouquets as the centerpiece flowers, so that when they got to the tables, they just put their flowers on the tables, which was so they didn't have to do those twice, which is nice. Although I was a bit disappointed at how much I got for the bridesmaids bouquets, but never mind. 
And then I sort of saved money on all the table arrangements and name tags because I have wonderfully creative friends. And one night we just sat down and painted them all and drew them all, which saved a lot of money and was a really special memory. And then also I went around and bought different things because our tables weren't Disney themed. They were places that meant something to us, although two of them ended up being Disney themed because our table was Walt Disney World and I bought Christmas decorations while we were out there to be our centerpieces. And then the other one was where we got engaged, which was St. Paul's in London, St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And the snow globe I bought actually is in Mary Poppins, which I didn't realise until I watched the film. And then I realised that's our centrepiece. <laughs> ah. So who set up the things that you brought to be your centrepieces? Yeah, so Disney told me that they would only set up five items or something. Otherwise, they would either charge me or I had to get a friend. So I did actually ask a friend of mine who did all our stationery if she wouldn't mind, because I trusted her and you should make it look beautiful. But she was pregnant she was pregnant at the time she's since had a little boy but and when I told my planner oh yeah no Laura's going to be doing it but she is five months pregnant so if anyone could help her and they're like don't you worry we'll get one of our guys to do it so actually someone in Disney set it all up for us oh that's great yeah okay so what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day am I allowed to cheat Yes, you are, because to me, it seems like, you know, getting married should be the most favorite. So then you can have a bonus one. <laughs> okay, great. So I getting married, actually, I did love our ceremony. I think walking through those doors and finally seeing it all and all the people that I've always thought of was amazing. So I, those doors opening was absolutely beautiful. And our, I really loved our vows. We wrote personal vows to each other, which were really, really special and sort of had the whole room crying. So I loved that. And then my first look with my dad was like, when neither of us are that well, my dad's definitely not emotional. And he was like, I'm trying not to cry. I'm trying not to cry. So that was really lovely. And although I was the absolute most nervous I've ever been in my life, I loved our first dance, which was just so much fun. And yeah, looking back on sort of the photos and videos, we absolutely loved it. But can I say um, David's favorite memory? Yeah, of course. So um, just after we had our portrait photos done, after we got married, Pamela escorted us into this little side room next to the Whitehall room so that we could sit down and have some food. And we got introduced to all the catering staff and they'd given us a little gift of a little um, picture of the Grand Floridian, which was really sweet. And he just said sort of on reflection, he didn't appreciate it as much as he should have. But he just kind of looked at me and thought, we've done it. This is brilliant. And that was his favorite memory. <laughs> That's great. And actually, you brought up something with your choreographed first dance. Can you talk a little bit about how you decided to do that and, you know, how that turned out? Because I know it can be nerve-wracking for some couples, and then they don't do anything, and then they wish they'd done something. And so what was that like? So we're kind of known to be a bit crazy on the dance floor. We definitely, we're always, we're always on the dance floor at weddings and parties and everything, and we just both are a bit silly together. And at another friend's wedding, they had a wedding video and at the very end of it David and I are pretending he's fished me and I'm dancing towards him and everyone just thought oh my god like they're going to do something crazy on their wedding day and I thought David people think that we're going to do something spectacular so we actually have to we can't just stand here and sway really awkwardly because we're not very good at slow dancing that's just not us so we were like we can't do that so unfortunately for David I set him the challenge of doing we did five hours of lessons it was seven different disney songs five different dance styles whoa <laughs> yeah for people that don't dance professionally ever so 
yeah, well done to our dance teachers. I'll tell them that. And it was so fun learning. And we definitely didn't practice enough, but we had so much fun. It was it was brilliant. It was really, really brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so it sounds like maybe a couple things went wrong or just didn't turn out how you expected. How was that resolved? So, yeah, so our day was perfect. Our day was so wonderful and I absolutely loved it. But there were just a few little things, as I'm sure everyone has, that so the lanterns I spoke about earlier, they're so expensive, really expensive to hang up. And it, but it was one of the things I was just adamant. I absolutely had to have these lanterns because that had always been what I envisioned and it looked beautiful. So we walked in the in the Whitehall room and saw them. And I smiled thinking, oh, they look lovely. But I thought there's no lights in any of them. And the thing that I'd said all along was I need these lights, 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 like I love lights, let it all light up and look beautiful. So and we talked about how the lanterns had these lights in them and they changed the lanterns to make them a bit cheaper. But I didn't realize that got rid of the lights. So I was I was just a bit gutted because we even though the lanterns were cheaper, obviously the setup fee is still extortionate and I just thought oh all of that and then they don't quite have the effect I always thought of Hmm. so that was a bit disappointing and then yeah so I mentioned about the bridesmaids bouquets and me getting a bit hot and I almost forgot my bouquet so I was standing with my dad outside the wedding pavilion doors and Pamela just looked at me and went where's your bouquet and I thought (laughs) oh my god I have no idea and I was like it must be in the bride room. So she ran back and I told David that I wasn't going to be much longer after the bridesmaids. So he's standing there going, where is she? And it's taking it. Oh, bless Pamela. Luckily, it was in the bride's room and she quickly handed it to me. But that could have been a bit of a, oh, gosh, because I would have got through those doors and then been like, oh, I'm not holding anything anymore. I'm not sure what to do with my hands. So, yeah, so that was a near miss, but well done, Pamela. And then the other thing we mentioned earlier was the fireworks. I didn't have my photographers there anymore because we weren't overly bothered about the fireworks, but we knew that you could see them and we thought it'd be really lovely for our guests. But the only downside was the Happily Ever After music started 15 minutes earlier than the fireworks. What? So, yeah. So so DJ Charles and I was like, oh, they're about to start. Do you want me to sort of make an announcement? I was like, oh, that'd be great. So it kind of obviously the mood died down. Everyone out, Everyone went outside and then they didn't start, but the music started. And I was like, oh, my God, like, is something wrong? Why can't we see them anymore? I'm sure you could see them from here. And then 10 minutes later, the fireworks started and the music was nearly finished. And I was like, oh, no, now it's all mistimed and people are confused. And, yeah, it just had a really weird effect. And luckily, it didn't dampen anything. It just meant that those with little little kids went. And then the rest of us just had an absolute time of our lives partying the night away. But it was just a bit, oh, never mind. But I think nearly all of them saw them sometime on their trip anyway. So it didn't matter. It was just a bit of a shame because it's such a lovely show. Yeah. And I thought the music was on a feed that was synced to the fireworks. So it must have been some sort of technical issue. That's interesting. Yeah. Just a bit, just a bit of a weird one. Huh. Okay. So then was there anything that seemed like a big deal or you were stressed out about and then it turned out not to be? So another thing that I was a bit obsessed with was um, Rob Kerr, the violinist. I was like, <laughs> I have to have him. I absolutely have to have him. I listened to your podcast. I listened to his music. I, I was just like, this guy's amazing. So I was obsessed with him. And they kept telling me, 
we can't tell you, we can't tell you until near the time. Like, you're just like, we can't tell you until at least two weeks before. I was like, oh God. And I really didn't like the sound of the organ. And I was, oh, I was really stressing about it. I sent him sheet music, everything to make sure he would play the songs I wanted if we got him. And then I think it was 10 days before we were told, you've got him, but he might not, he could cancel any time. And I was like, oh gosh, this is so stressful. <laughs> so that was, that was a really big deal, but it turned out to be perfect. And he was amazing. So I was, I, was, I was sad I didn't get to see much of him. I've asked our video to send me all the clips of him because I think he's so brilliant. But that was a bit of a thing. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then also something that actually that probably stressed me the most about the wedding, and thankfully it was a year in advance, but was the lottery. So we were told there was two or three other couples with the same date and venue and time choices as us. So that was really hard because I think knowing that all the others weren't really going to work, all the other receptions, and we could only really have the wedding pavilion at 230 because earlier it was going to be too hot for me and later I just didn't want to wait that long until I saw David so I was really stressing about that and then I think it was one evening it was about half 11 at night and David said have you seen your emails and I opened up my emails and I just saw it I just wept because I was like oh my god we've got everything we asked for I can't believe it but strangely I've never found a date twin I've never seen another bride have the same wedding day as me so (laughs) I was like, hold on, did they stress me out for nothing? Or did it work out that each one of us had three dates each and they each got the one we wanted? Let's hope it's that one. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope so. But uh, yeah, that really did stress me out. But yeah, so I was glad that that worked out really well. Um, and the other thing, which might help other brides, I don't know, but um, we had three beautiful and amazing flower girls. They are literally the cutest little girls, but they were all really, really nervous to walk down the aisle. Um, so what we did was before we flew out a couple of weeks before we had them all meet each other so it's two from my side of the family and one from David's and they all met each other and that was really nice and then we made sure they met each other again at the rehearsal the day before and they played with someone else's petals down the aisle and got on really really well and then on the day Pamela was so good and she said to them magic will come out of your flowers if you hold them nicely and walk down the aisle so they all they all walked perfectly down the aisle I've got the best photos of them and they were so so cute so yes definitely sort of try and get them together and have lots of time where they feel totally comfortable and happy and then they'll be fine (laughs) that's great advice is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now so double check the lanterns <laughs> and then and then if I could if I could have made it work in the budget I don't think we could have but I would have loved to have had like a dessert party as a welcome party and then put a ride mix in because not all of my guests as I said before not all of them had been out there before so they just like I did a wedding website I let them ask me a million questions people don't understand what Disney's like until they're there they don't understand how big it is how huge it is everything that's going on And I think once some of them got there, they were like, oh, kind of wish we'd got Disney tickets, kind of wish we'd done this, done that. So I would have loved to have been able to sort of get them all in the park on a ride so that some of them could have experienced it. But I hope that just means they'll go back or that we'll have to do it again in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) So then do you have any tips or advice for future wishes couples, maybe from your work as a personal assistant, things that would help people when they're planning? Uh, yeah, so I'm definitely a big planner. and But I think mainly, well, your book was incredible. It was like my little Bible I carried everywhere. And listening to your podcast, listening to other brides tell all their tips and tricks is just so, so helpful. 
But I think with me, I was just I just really enjoyed the planning process. And I started as early as I wanted to. So I see a few brides say, oh, it's three years too early to start planning. I think, no, start planning. Have timetables, have Excel spreadsheets, have everything you want. So make sure you write everything down and write it down as you think of it, because then it might go or... And I think the way I sent the emails to my planner, sort of having everything bullet pointed and then being able to like tick it off as soon as she came back to me and everything was sort of finalized, really worked really well. So I think that works. I think Pinterest can be great. And I loved Pinterest, but you can fall into a bit of a hole of these weddings are perfect and mine's not going to look like that. So that can be a bit misleading. And I, but I do think, because I, I asked for a lot of things of our planner. I said, can we do this? Can we try this? Can we have that? And sometimes I got no's, but most of the time they were like, let's see what I can do. Let me try that. And I, I most of the time I got what I wanted and I was, we were so pleased. And David was involved at every level. And I do think get the grooms involved. So he was on every call with the videos and the photographers and the DJ. He was on the planning call and he really got involved in his choices. And it meant it was our wedding, not just a wedding he was turning up to. So that was really lovely. And I think even though I felt ill during our reception, a little bit around the food, as soon as as soon as I was in aircon, I was fine again. But it made me sort of sit down and take a minute. And I, I took everything in. I saw all our guests having a brilliant time, enjoying the food. And I just thought, oh, my God, like we're in Disney and I've done it. So I think taking that minute to sort of take it all in is really, really important. And one other really good tip was our bar. So we had unlimited drinks package for the bar, which was really, really good. But what we did was close it during the two sets of speeches and half an hour before the end of the evening. So that saved us a lot of money. The only weird thing was that the barman packed up the entire bar and took it away each time. (laughs) which I didn't realize on the night but was told after and I thought that's a bit weird he could have just put a sign saying because I did put the time saying close between these times but no he packed it all up and off he went but <laughs> never mind <laughs> it worked really well and and everyone sort of everyone was just really merry and happy so like you don't have to be worried about an unlimited bar because I think because it's unlimited people don't feel like they have to drink 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 I think they're like oh yeah no I I know it's still there you know so that worked really nicely and make sure you take any leftover cake back because you don't want to miss out on that (laughs) (laughs) this is all great advice well Charlotte thank you so much for sharing all of this great advice and the story of your day I think it's been really helpful for anyone who's planning a wishes collection event especially from the UK and I appreciate your taking the time thank you so much Carrie I've loved it That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, Check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>